of Faith, welcome. Please come and have a seat. The kids are going to be up here with, um, for worship tonight since it's Wednesday. So make sure your kid is sitting with you. And those of you in the back, when you have a chance, come and, get, um, come and find a seat. But it's so good to see everyone. What a blessing to gather together here. May we never take that for granted. We just have uh, two quick little announcements. There's nothing in particular tonight, just some reminders. So watch for some details for our Good Friday and our Easter Sunday services in April, as well as some men's and women's upcoming events in April also. So that's exciting. Just stay tuned for more details. Uh, yep, kids, go ahead and have a seat. You're going to be up here tonight. Live streamers, I don't know if you can see me or hear me or not, but welcome. It's so good to see you. Go ahead and get settled. And we love you. We miss you. Come and join us as soon as you can. We have a seat for you. All right, well, let's go ahead and pray before we get started. Lord, we thank you for this house. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your family. And Lord, we've come here to seek you tonight. Thank you that you draw near to us as we draw near to you. Lord, we cast our cares aside today. We lay them at your feet this evening. And we lift our eyes to where our help comes from. Thank you. Thank you, Father. You've never forgotten us. May our praise be pleasing to you this evening. May this worship till the, heart, the ground of our heart, Lord, that we would have space for you to receive your word, that it would grow ferociously at such a time as this. Thank you for everything you've done for us, for everything that you're going to do. Thank you for the unity in this house and the peace that you've blessed us with. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's worship our King. There was one when I was young who knew my heart. He knew my sorrow. He held my hand and he leads me to trust him.
as I grow and as I change, may I love you more deeply. I will
word, Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. And you know where I'm going. And so you know the way. Thomas spoke up and said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, you don't understand, Thomas. I am the way. And you know me. And he's always been the way. Every time in our life when we needed help, he's always been the way we got the help. All the anger, the depression, fear, all of the money problems, all the times you felt insecure about who you are, he's always been the way. And as it says in this song, you never stop working. He's never stopped being that way. Even when it feels like you're walking through that dry and weary land that the word talks about, He's still the way. He's still just as close to you. He's not far away. He was face to face when he was speaking to his disciples said, I am the way. You're looking for some path. You're looking for something other than me, but look right here because I'm the way. I'm the way to the Father.
thank you that you are still running after us. Lord, help us to lay our lives down. God, I pray that we would just stop and wait for you to catch us, Lord, that we want to get so distracted. We want more of you, Father. are good. You are worthy, Lord. You are the Redeemer. We just invite you to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're glad to have you here tonight. God is so good. If you would just go around and greet some of your family of faith and kids, you can head downstairs. I'm excited to hear the word tonight. Amen. have you tonight we'll give them a chance to get their kids um, checked in the kids church quick and come back up for tithe and offering thank you but while they're doing that if you did not know today is mr. Tom's 87th birthday happy birthday Tom so when we're done we're gonna sing him happy birthday eat some food I told Tom he has broke the world record for oldest congregant that I've ever pastored so now, it doesn't say much because I was a youth pastor for 18 years, but having said that, uh, he, he's got the world record. So we'll celebrate, Tom. When, we love you, Tom. You know that. We appreciate you and all you do for our church. So um, we'll celebrate him when church is over tonight. So uh, while we're waiting for them to get back up from checking in kids' church, uh, if you haven't picked up one of these uh, today, actually started today, we're actually 40 days from Easter today. It's the... Uh, if you notice, every year Easter is at a different time. Uh, it's the early Easter. I call it early April. So 40 days from Easter, 
starts today, and if you're interested, there's a 40-day scripture reading guide that leads you up to Easter. It's not, it's not a whole lot of stuff each day, but uh, kind of preps us in our hearts and our mind for the death and the resurrection of Jesus, which we will celebrate, by the way, uh, at our Good Friday service on April the 7th and Easter Sunday on April the 9th. So if you want one of those, you can get one. Mike's got them right there. You can uh, wave your hand around. He's also got prayer cards, so if you have a prayer request, um, ask for one of those. We'd love to join in faith with you about uh, things you're praying about. So, having said that, uh, tithe and offering, if you do have something to give, you can uh, prepare that offering envelope sit in the chairs in front of you or wave your hand around, and Mike probably also can help you out with that, too. So, let me pray over your offering tonight. Uh, Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to come to your house, continue in the worship. Lord, because we just love you and we commit ourselves to you, Lord, and we give because of the response of your goodness in our life, Lord, so uh, that we are people that live by faith and we grab onto you in all the areas of our lives, including our finances. In Jesus' name we all say, amen. Bring it on down if you have it. And as we're, we're doing a series on purpose, uh, if you're attending this church and this is your home church, and you do not serve on one of what we call our dream teams. The dream team is uh, some sort of a service in our church, like the, the worship team is a dream team, the kids' church is a dream team, and all the different ones. We'd love for you to be a part of what's happening here. There are dream team sign-up papers at the back table back there. Just fill it out, check one or two that you're interested in, give it to me, and we will uh, get you hooked up and serving in our church. So that's what that's about, and we'll uh, keep talking about that for a while. Uh, we want everybody to have an opportunity to play parts in what God is up to here. Amen. All right, so we're uh, talking about purpose. We started last week and continue on for the next couple weeks on this. I think in two weeks we have a worship night, right? Two weeks from tonight. So that'll be nice. Uh, spend some time in worship for the evening and just uh, praising our Lord together. So if you got your Bibles, Romans chapter number 12 and verse number 6. But I believe... And it's not just something I believe, I, the, the scriptures testify to it, that each per person in creation has been given a purpose by God, okay? Um, as we were talking about last week, we started off last week by saying, and we see this in Psalm 139, that uh, God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, correct? He had foreknowledge of you because he stands outside of time. He's not contained to our time. And one of the reasons that he knows you is because of the distinctiveness of who you are, right? Remember, uh, we were uh, on Sunday morning a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the fire of the presence of God. We, we looked at Moses in the burning bush and uh, remember, the, the bush is on fire, right? But it's not being burned up, and Moses sees this strange sight, so he goes over to it, and God calls Moses from the bush, right? So God knew who he was. He's not ignorant of you. He knows your name. And not only did God call Moses from the bush, but then he set destiny for his life. So in other words, God saw that Moses was doing something, which was tending the sheep as his father-in-law at the time. But God saw past that and says, I have purpose for your life. God has designed purpose. So he calls Moses to a great purpose of, of being the prophet leader of the nation of Israel, bring them out of Egypt, take them towards the promised land. But this was something that Moses was not aware of at the time. 
and didn't understand that he could do it because we see that he started to argue with God why he couldn't do it. But God has given us purpose that God sees that God desires to draw out of us. Amen. And it's part of the creation of who you are. You are unique before God, not in total, but in part one way because you have distinct purpose that he has given you. Right? So last week we started talking about the basic purposes that each person carries in life. So every person is created to have relationship with God. That's the purpose of life. And you start there. And as believers, it turns into what we call discipleship or living life with God. So everybody has a common purpose of living a life with God. God made you for that. So if you're missing that, you're missing the very basic purpose of why we're here. Did God have to create? That's always a big question. Did God have to create? No. But why did God create? Because God is love. And you ended up here in creation because God is love. So the very first aspect of what is the meaning of life, you have these big philosophical questions. What's the meaning of life? The meaning of life is relationship with God. He made you for that. That's basic purpose. Then within that, because now we live in a lost world that needs Jesus, we all share the purpose of being a light for the world for Jesus. We share that purpose. Another basic purpose we all share is the fact that everybody, when you come together, we, we all have a part to play in the gathering of believers. First Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about this. So those are purposes you have. Other purposes you have are whatever responsibilities you take on in life, that's a God-given purpose. So as an example, that's my wife right there. I didn't have to marry her. I just wanted to. He was crazy enough to respond, okay? She didn't have to either. There, there was some stuff going on, and we, yeah, anyway. So, um, but because I married her, now I have a God-given purpose to be a husband in light of who he is in my life. That's purpose, right? And then we had kids. Didn't have to do that either, but that happened. Won't talk about that. Some young ones in the room, all right? But now that I have kids, I have a God-given purpose because of my relationship with God. I have a God-given purpose of how I raise my kids. That's purpose. Right? And then um, I have a job. I get paid. That's purpose. Because the Bible says, and all you do, do it as unto the Lord. Man, I hate my job. Well, be thankful you have a job. And B, the Bible says, do those things as unto the Lord. So quit hating your job, have an attitude about your job, be thankful for your, for your job. So all the responsibilities you carry in life are purpose in the way you go about it because God designs us to do things in a way that's glorifying to him and reflective of him, okay? So again, all these are kind of common purposes that we share, but then beyond that, I believe that each person in some way is purposed by God uh, uniquely. And so you can look at different aspects of the scriptures, like Moses was called, go get my people out of Egypt. How many people did God call to go get the people out of Egypt? Moses. Then Aaron ended up helping him because he complained about his speech. But there wasn't a whole bunch of people called to get the people out of Egypt, but Moses was. That's individual, unique purpose. 
Remember, God meets Saul on the road and knocks him off the donkey and changes his name to Paul. Eventually, he says, you will be my evangelist to the Gentiles. Well, were there other evangelists to the Gentiles? Yes, but very specifically, Paul was called. So there are different purposes that we have designed by God that he will draw out of us as we live in him. So Romans chapter 12 and verse number 6. So having gifts that differ, everybody's got gifts. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got gifts. And what I mean by gifts are purposes. And notice those gifts do differ, differ from one another. And these gifts are given to you according to the grace given to you. So you are enabled. Now think about this. You are enabled in the gift of grace in your life to do the things that God calls you to do. And grace is the avenue where God gives us the things that we need to do the things he has called us to live in life. That's part of the, the work of grace. So according to grace given you, you have gifts. So Paul says, let's use them. Okay, so Paul's being direct here. So he says, if prophesy, then do it in proportion to our faith. If it's in service, okay, in our serving, to the one who teaches in his teaching, to the one who exhorts, or that means edify and encourage in his exhortation, to the one who contributes, in other words, generosity, in generosity, to the one who leads with zeal, and to the one who does acts of mercy, do it with cheerfulness. Now, that is certainly not a, an entire, uh, all-inclusive list that Paul's listing there, but he's given examples that we have been gifted with things by God, so let's use them in the grace that he gives us. What directive have you been given in life by God that you have left dormant? That's the question. What directive at some point in your life with him have you heard from him and you knew it was him and it was the directive to do something that you've put on the back shelf and just left it there? And for whatever reason you put it there, it could be a lot of reasons, but what directive have you had that you've left alone? Paul would say, get it off the shelf, unless the Lord told you to put it there for a time. But let's start to walk in these things. Don't be like Moses, who gave all the excuses why he couldn't. If God gave you directive, then the grace supplies what is needed to walk it out. But the thing about purposes, a lot of times it is something that is grown in you and drawn out by God as you start to do what he asks you to do. So you can't do this thing where, again, you can't run ahead of the timing of God, but if you know a step to do with what he says, then take the step. Don't go, well, I need to do all this other stuff first then I'll feel comfortable to take this step. If you know the step to take, take the step. Because it's the activity that allows him to continue to draw things out in your life. If you wait till you got it all together, you'll never get it together because it's only him who draws it out. Isn't that right? So what thing has God spoken to you about you have left dormant? So purpose then, to put some definition to this, it can be viewed in a variety of ways. It be, can be connected to a natural talent that you have. 
let's say you're naturally talented in singing. Maybe God will use that in purpose for him. It could be acquired talents or things that you learn. It could be gifts that you have. You have a certain knack for, for certain things. It could be in the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, write that down and read that later. You could be called to the five-fold ministry gifts that are listed in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11. Um, there, there's purposes that may be connected to your likes and the things you're drawn to in life. So, okay, y'all know about me enough to know the things that I like. God made me that way. And it's possible that those sort of things are part of the purposes that God has called me to live in my life, right? So it could be things that you're drawn to, the things that, that, that you like. What dreams do you have? How many of y'all have ever sat around daydreaming about doing something? Who's ever done that? How do you know it wasn't the Holy Spirit that gave you that daydream? Think about that. How do you know that it wasn't the Holy Spirit that gave you that daydream that you keep running over in your mind, that you, you would think, man, if, if, if money didn't matter and place didn't matter and timing didn't matter, I would do that. How do you know that's not from him? And he's saying, hey, who, who provides the provision? Me. Who sets the timing? Me. Who gives the directive to place and action? Me. Why don't you start taking some steps? You just never know. But in other words, Individual purpose can show up in such a variety of ways, but it takes the listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life. So, when, when I gave, finally decided to give my life entirely to Jesus at age 17, two weeks later, I'm sitting in a church service. All right, and you, I, I, I've told you this story a couple of times, I'm sure. I'm sitting in a church service, and I'm not even paying attention to what the pastor's saying. I'm just there. My mind is rolling wherever it was rolling. But I just remember specifically, I was not paying attention to what was going on. So I was sitting there. And all of a sudden, just dropped in my heart. And it, and it came in a way that I heard it, but in a way, but I heard it, but not heard it. You know what I'm saying? Go into ministry for youth. That, that's just what I heard. And I sat there and went, huh. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I had already committed to a, a university to go into computer science, which is, if you know me, that's actually kind of a funny thing because I'm not techie at all, but that's what I was going to do because at that time, the 1990s, that stuff was booming. So I was thinking money. So that's what I was thinking. Committed to play ball at the university there. And when that dropped in my heart, the entire course of my life, changed. I ended up going to another university, studying another subject, right? It changed my life because I sat there and went, okay. Did I, did I know what it meant to be in ministry? Yeah, my dad was in ministry for a while. I had some ideas about it, but yet I did not know. But just by taking a step of saying, okay, that opens things up. And then I started thinking logically, well, I'd like to go get a degree in, in biblical studies or some sort of theology. Okay, so what do I got to do to do that? And I took another step. Where am I going to go to do that? So I started checking out universities and I took another step. So it changed the course of my life just by saying yes. 
we have to be that sensitive to the Holy Spirit. By the way, sometimes these things actually end up being your vocation in life, what you get paid to do, sometimes not. Sometimes your job is a job to earn money, but purpose in life is outside of that, other than being a light for the Jesus there. But sometimes it coincides directly with your vocation. It's just what you're called to do. One way that purpose shows up in your life is from past hurts and pain. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. Everybody go there. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. And verse number 3. Now, now watch what Paul writes here. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of, watch this, mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction. So how many of you have ever been through some affliction? Okay, so God comforts you in your affliction. Now watch this. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You see that? God can draw purpose out of your life because of your own affliction to comfort somebody else. So, because, because of the work I have done all these years, I've come in contact with, in one specific thing, uh, several people that are alcoholics. Now, I do not drink. I don't drink alcohol. A lot of reasons for that. But pastors and only believe we don't drink. Okay? It's just, we just don't play with the stuff. Now, what I can do for an alcoholic, and, and this is what I do do, I say, look, I can tell you you can live a good life without drinking because I do. I don't have to have it to have fun. I don't have to have it to feel like an adult. I don't have to have it to feel like a man. I, I have a good life, and I don't touch the stuff. But yet, I'm not the best person to help them in their alcoholism. You know who is? Somebody who's been there. Somebody who has been an alcoholic that has come out of it, their affliction in life can turn into a purpose to help somebody else in that affliction. I can, I can give some wisdom and some Bible. I can, I can be there and consistently to encourage. I can be a phone call. I'm, I'm, I'm that to a lot of people like that. But I can't help in specifics because I have no idea what it means to be addicted to alcohol. But there have been people who have. That, that scenario plays out in a lot of different things. Things in your past that God has healed you and brought you through may be purpose in your life to comfort others who are in those same spots. How I many know what I'm talking about? So purpose can show up in a lot of different ways. Experiences of life to help you give wisdom and direction, encouragement, so, though different ways, everybody must learn that purpose, gifts, callings, these kind of things, they are not only discovered, but they must be developed and ultimately walked out, used. In other words, that we are part of God making a difference in this world and he receives the glory. Isn't that right? So, gifts callings, purposes, ultimately serve God by serving other people. Because 
Callings and purposes are never self-focused. Because I, I think when people ask, what's the meaning of life? What am I supposed to do with life? What's my purpose? We're thinking about what do I do? And it's self-focused. When you really learn the meaning of life, it always turns outward. Your callings and purposes, though there is fulfillment for you, though it develops you, there's part, that's part of the process of you becoming who God intends you to be. Yes, it benefits you, but it is always outward and others-focused. So in other words, you can't be selfish and really walk into things that God has for you. So, so in terms, uh, when, when I come across people that are called to ministry, pastoring, and whatever, and, and they spend time with me, I always tell them this, God is not looking for any superstars, so don't try. I want to be the next big name that's on the internet, everybody knows. It, a lot of times those guys end up getting messed up anyways. Don't worry about that stuff. You walk where God has you and serve God the way God called you to, and you're going to do exactly what he wants. He doesn't need you shining. He's the light. You're not the light. Don't seek fame. That's not what this is about, right? It's outward focus. Remember, the disciples started arguing amongst themselves who's the greatest? They, they were wanting to know, hey, the people that you called, you called us to be with you, who's the best here? Who's the shining star of the disciples? Peter may have thought that about himself. Then he denied Jesus three times. Well, that didn't work, right? He, Jesus wasn't happy, and he started talking about this whole business of, if you want to be the greatest, learn how to be the least of all. You ever hear, you ever hear people say, learn to be great, or this needs to be great, that needs to be great. Then you take it to the Bible and see what Jesus said about being great, and he said, it's not about, it's about serving. It's about promoting everybody else. That's what greatness is, according to the Bible. That's the callings of God in purpose. So, what is God leading? What is God saying? What is God drawing you towards? We were saying this last week. Let me say this again. We like to take what we want to do to God and try to get him to co-sign what I want to do. Well, how about you stop that and get on what he's doing, what he's saying, because he's the one who made you. He's the one who purposed you. He's the one that knows you best. You're not going to change his mind that way. He may allow you to go so you stumble and fall so he can say, okay, so we got this out of the way. Now, will you just listen to me and start going down the road that I have for you, right? Now, here's something that happens. Um, and and I, I run into this a lot. Is somebody will come to me and say, you know what, God said, boom, 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 boom. And whenever somebody says, God says, and then they go, what do you think about that? I go, why are you asking me? Did you just say God said? Yeah, well, why does my opinion matter in any of this at all if God told you, right? How about, how about we learn to say, I think the Lord is leading me. I think the Lord is saying to me. And especially when it comes to ministry kind of things, the ministry function happens within the affirmation of a body of believers. There's too many people out there trying to make their own crowd. It comes in the affirmation of believers, where then there is a trial period of learning and growing, then affirmed and released. 
more than it is if somebody just says, I am this and I'm that, and everybody needs to listen to what I have to say. And I just see that and go, very blessing, right? So when you're seeking these things out, listen for the leading of the Holy Spirit. And if you feel like there's a God said, don't tell everybody about it, because not everybody can handle your God said. Tuck it in your heart. Share it with the person who you know is a big encourager in your life. Right? Too many, too many people out there are just negative about what other people are doing. But start to learn by the leading and then interacting with the Holy Spirit how he is leading in your life with purpose. Okay? Now, here's another thing uh, I, I want to throw out to your personal purpose. And this is something I discovered as a youth pastor. Sometimes we would take kids to these, uh, uh, some of these bigger conferences for young people, and always there's a speaker that's up there going, all right, all you kids, you got to get back home. When you get back home, go change the world. Go change the world. And I get these kids back, and they're going, I can't even do my math homework. He wants me to change the world. Are you kidding me? What am I supposed to do with that? And, they, they, and it really makes them feel guilty. They're not out there changing the world. Not everybody's called to change the world. Some people are, but not everybody is. Some people are called to do what we think big things. Some people, it's not that way, but it's all one and the same to God because he places us all together like a puzzle. Purposes in life could range so far across the board that you can't ever judge somebody's what they say is their purpose. My, my daughter's going to school uh, to, to be in the medical field. She's drawn to that. She, that's not the only purpose of her life, but I think there's a reason she's drawn to it, and we need Christians in the medical field. You see what I'm saying? My, my oldest son, he was drawn to mechanical engineering. He went and got a degree in that. For some reason, that's a portion of the purpose. My other son felt called the ministry. So he's pastoring at a church in Tennessee. You see how different those things are, but they all came in the same household, Right? But, you know, my daughter also wants to have babies and raise kids. You know what? That's a great purpose, too. It could be so far across the board. It could be so many different things. That's why it's individual. And you can't look at somebody and say, well, that's not really a purpose for God. You need to be doing more or something different. Or, no, no, you let them have their relationship with Jesus and let Jesus lead their life. But affirm them and help them when you can. Right? as we see people chase after the things that God has for them. So purpose could be so varied and so much a variety that we see that God is working in us in these things. By the way, as we were saying last week, um, no jealousy or comparison. That's not good for this, right? Why? I know this is my gift, but man, I really wish I was like that. God, why didn't you make me do that? Your jealousy in comparison will freeze you in the things that God has for you. Right? So don't compare. Don't be jealous. Throw those things down. Uh, another thing is that these things, purposes, callings, they may change through the seasons of your life. Right? 
It doesn't mean that because I was called to be a youth pastor at the start that I'm going to be a youth pastor until I die. It's obviously not true because I'm standing right here. And who knows, maybe someday down the road he'll transition me into something else in life. I don't know. All I know is when I know he's speaking, I'm going to go, okay. And if he tells me something and says, tuck that in your heart for a while, I'll just tuck it in my heart for a while. Then when he says, let's start to go, I'll start to go. Because his timing is everything. And by the way, as we said last week, you may see some of the bits of the end, but you rarely ever see what's in between. Why? Because he's never going to have you go chase after something you can do without him. Purpose always drives you back to him because if you can do it without him, it probably wasn't him. Is that right? The things you're called to, yeah. So, Right now, what is in your hand? What is in your hand right now? The key to moving forward in purpose in life is to be faithful in what you have now. So the best examples I can give is... is people that I've worked with, interns that have been called to ministry. So I've had, I've had some uh, young people come and, hey, I feel called to, to, to teach or, or be a pastor. So, and I, I bring them in and we do some interning and I'll say, hey, okay, you know what? You're called to teach? Yeah. I have an opening on my fifth grade uh, lesson on the fourth Wednesday next month and this is the topic. They go, fifth graders? And I have to use curriculum? So you want to learn to teach or not? Are you, already, are you already in your first step past growth? You already there? If you're already there, why are you talking to me? Go do it. There's a reason you're here. Let's learn. What is in your, what have you been given? Be faithful to what you've been given. Those things open up the steps for what's to come. We always want to run past what we're given because we see a bigger picture. That's okay, see the big picture, but God be faithful with what you have. Isn't that right? So faithfulness to what's in your hand now is important. The other thing about purposes, by the way, is when I recognize purpose in life, it doesn't mean that when I start to walk it, life becomes purpose because I feel I'm in the will of God. Oftentimes, it can go the opposite. So, if you just read the accounts of Paul's writings, right, was Paul doing what God told him to do? Yes. And the guy was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was thrown into prison. I think the trials of life sometimes cause us to, to question what we know God has said. Walking out purpose of God doesn't mean a perfect life. Understand that. But also, sometimes the things we go through are proper training. If you look at Joseph, the training for the palace was the pit. The training for the palace was being a slave, then thrown in a dungeon. And the whole time, uh, relying on God and listening to God and using the God, the gifts that God had given him right where he was in his hand. And all the time, taking him to places that he actually probably wasn't even seeing in front of him. 
So just because you're in the will of God doesn't mean a perfect life. So I always said this, like this. Purpose in life is God has given you a road to walk on. It doesn't mean it's an easy road, but he's given you a road. So walk the road. And the things you experience in life are just experiences of life. But even the things that we would consider negative life are always, if you see it the right way, proper training to continue in your purpose. So I, I, could, I could recount, I could sit here for a long time and just bore you to death of, of the ups and downs of being a pastor. I could do this for a while. And if I have a proper perspective, even in the moments when things... Are, so, for instance, when, when you put yourself out there and speak in front of people, eventually somebody's going to mock you, right? That's happened a lot. What do I do when that happens in those moments when I discover it and I hear it? I sulk and get mad and get mad at God. Why would you tell me to do this? I'm going to quit. This is stupid. I hate people, you know. And all. Or am I just going to get some girth within me and just learn from it? And just let it confirm my call instead of kick my call out the door? right? The trials of life can grow you. Because remember, James writes, the testing of your what develops what? Perseverance. And perseverance must do his work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Your road to not lacking anything is trial. What tests your faith. If there's no testing of faith, you'll never grow guys got kids, right? If you gave your kid everything they wanted, whenever they wanted on the moment, your kid's going to be messed up. It's only through learning discipline, learning the word no, learning they just can't have their way, that they have to grow into responsible adults. Same thing with your faith. When the world tests your faith, so you face things that test your faith, James, and it's so, so hard to understand what he's saying when he says it, but consider actual joy. How can you do that? Because you know the ending of this is good, so I'm going to be happy about it. Thank you, mocker. Thank you for saying that about me. I consider this joy. Matter of fact, you make sure I'm going to be up here next week just because you said that. Thank you very much. See the attitude there? But the devil would like to take it the other way, Right? couple other things and then we're going to pray. Remember your calling, purposes, giftings, whatever will always have competitors. The enemy, the ways of the world, different things will always compete for your God-given purpose. To take you away from it, sidetrack you. Right? When you realize that with discernment, you'll see those things happening. Stay true to the things that God has said. Now, again, what instruction, what calling, what directive from God are you delaying in your life? Status quo is the enemy of your future. Idleness is the enemy of your future. Not right. So we, with the direction, leading, unction of timing of the Holy Spirit, we get active with the things that God has called us to. If that means you need to go learn something, go learn something. If that means something needs to change about your attitude, change your attitude. 
So, so when I know God called me to do certain things, like Moses, I could think of reasons why I couldn't do it. But now it was my job with this help to change those things to get on the road of what God wanted me to do. It changes direction and actions of your life to line up with what he's saying. Enemies of purpose are fear, doubt, comparison, lack of trust in God, sometimes impatience an enemy of your purpose. Wrong ideas of success can be an enemy of your purpose. When you discern these sort of things, be real about it. Call it for what it is. So if God's calling you to do something, but you're fearful of it, call it what it is. That's fear, and I cast that down in the name of Jesus. If it's doubt, I'm not sure about this, call it. That's doubt. Nope, I'm going to rise up in faith to what God said. If it's comparison, I wish I was something, call it what it is. Call, tell yourself, quit being jealous. You have purpose. If it's impatient, Lord, grow the fruit of the spirit of patience in my life. That's one of the biggest prayers of my life, by the way. If it's lack of trust in God, come back to the fact that he is almighty God. Why would he say something just to set you up for failure? Trust him. All those kind of things. When you had excuses, call them for what they are. Be honest with yourself and start to lean on him to get through. He will see you through. So I believe that somehow, some way, that you are made to have an impact in this world through the work of God for the kingdom of God because of purpose. I believe you're in this church because you've been brought together as a family of faith. We function as a body together. I believe when you walk out of this church, you are the body. You have purpose to impact the world. I believe that. I believe the callings that he has on your life, he did it for a reason, and he's backing you up. So next week, we're going to talk about authority and what it has to do with purpose. For every purpose that God gives you, he backs you with authority, or else he wouldn't give it to you. Talk about that next week. And that's, what, by the way, why it's important to hear purpose, because when you're out there doing stuff he didn't call you to do, you have no per- authority there. And that's where the devil will chew you up and spit you out. Right? So purpose by God, you have something. What is it? I don't know. Seek him. Let's start with what's right here. What do you got? What's right in your hand? So um, I'll close with this. So I was youth pastoring in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And one afternoon, it was the end of the week. Pretty much what I wanted to do that week was done. I was getting ready to go back home. And I just took... Uh, a big white pad of paper, you know what I'm talking about, and I threw it on my desk, and I just sat there, and I thought, what, man, what in the world? If I could do anything, what would I do? I started writing some things down, and one of the things I wrote down, uh, of th- it was just three or four things, was develop an international television show for teenagers. And I, I folded that thing, I put it away, I went home and just left it there. Didn't really think much about it, but it was something, for some reason, that came to me at that moment. And, and it was after that moment, five years later, I was producing a television show that was going around the world on, on JCTV Satellite, which is from TBN. We were getting responses by email. We got responses by email from every continent in the world but the poles. An amazing thing that was happening. We were taking the gospel to the world. It was an incredible thing. And... It, I didn't even think about that, but I 
Sometimes I keep things and sometimes I don't, but I ended up keeping that notepad. One day I was cleaning some stuff out. So when we moved from Pennsylvania to here, it must have came with me. I was cleaning some stuff out and I came across this old notepad and I flipped it open and I remembered that moment and everything I wrote on that paper, including that, was happening at that time. And amaz- it was amazing to me that God would speak to me so simply and to me in the moment almost flippantly because I was just kind of like, okay, well, that's, wow, yeah, that would be great, you know. But it was unction of the Spirit at the time to do it, to grab hold of those kind of things that if he said it, it's possible. You know what's amazing about that? Um, there was a period of about a year. So we had the television show for about 12 years. It was mainly the teaching that I was doing, and we were doing some stuff with it. There was about a period of two-year year, two year period of time when I was weekly interacting by email with a Muslim man who lived in Iraq who somehow saw the show and and said, tell me more about Jesus, and he would tell me about uh, what he believed, and we would, and it was a very cordial, almost two-year interaction. I was sharing Jesus with a Muslim that lived in Iraq. Isn't that that crazy? You think about that. That, That's wild stuff right there. It's because of a belief to do something. But but the thing about only sharing things with people that encourage you, so you guys know Pastor Dostick, he's one of the biggest incredible encouragers in my life. So in, in people's lives to get around. So it was hilarious. We were leading lunch. I remember eating lunch at a Chinese restaurant up in Lima, Lima, Ohio. And somebody was saying, somebody was at the table, some of the different staff from over there. Um, somebody said, I was watching a late night Christian TV show for teen. It was kind of, it wasn't put together well. And I just said, man, we ought to put a show together. And Pastor looked at me and said, you know what, let's do it. Let's put the numbers together. Let's get some cameras. We'll change the lighting in Houston. Let's, let's, just, let's go for it. I went, okay. And that just rolled into this process where we started developing a television show. It was amazing. But get people in your life that encourage you like that. Get around people that will build you up. That when, that, that when you have the heart to share something, they don't go, ah, I don't think so. You can't do that. Get people that build you up. A lot of times people kind of trust your dreams because they don't have any of their own. Right? Get around people that will encourage you. So, so when people come to me and say, I think God's telling me this, I'll say, great. I'll be, I always say, I'll be your biggest cheerleader. I may not be able to fix anything about that, but I will cheer you on. Because I believe God can do anything. To whom I just say nothing but cheer you on. That's the way I am. Get people like that. Because sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes you fall. Right? You need people that are cheering you on. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Here's why I want to pray. I want to pray tonight. I would love to have Samara. I know she's taking her baby. Can somebody go trade with her for me real quick? Ask Samara to come up. I'd like to play the keys. Have her play the keys for me. This is all Judah's fault. Anyways. <laughs> can, you, can you get up on their keyboard for me, please?
I want, I want you for a couple of moments, and I want to pray with some of you. I just want you to listen for the Holy Spirit. What would he say to you about steps in your life? What things do you believe that he could take the lid off in your life to do for him? Purpose. If you're struggling with purpose, if you're struggling with a sense of identity and things like that, just come to him and say, Lord, I'm going to be faithful to what I have in my hand now, but I trust that you're going to guide my steps as I go forward with those things. Okay, and I'm actually going to pray with some of you about that before we go. I desire a church that is purpose-filled, who are active for the kingdom. The church is not about me. You're not here just so I have something to do. You understand that? We're here together to be equipped together, to grow together, and to be the kingdom together. And you have a part. Not only in this building, but when you leave this building, you have something. It may seem mundane to you, but you may be making more of an impact than you realize, by the way. But what would the Spirit say to you? from God in the past and you shelved it and it had nothing to do with the Lord telling you to do that for a time or a season but you shelved it because that's what you did I encourage you to take that thing off the shelf and dust it off maybe he's calling you to a new thing Maybe he's just telling you, keep walking where you're at. Just right where you need to be. Doing exactly what you're doing. That's okay, too. sitting here tonight and you struggle with a sense of self-worth, a sense of identity, that's you, I'm going to want you to come down here so I can pray with you, because I want to encourage you tonight. So if that's you, you struggle with that, come, come, just come down here right now, real quick, anybody, real fast. I want to pray with you and encourage you, Okay.
y'all would just be patient for a couple minutes while I pray. And then we'll, we'll celebrate Mr. Tom for a little bit before we go.
and we'll, we'll close up right there. Thanks for coming tonight. So at this time, Mr. Tom, 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 we're going to celebrate you. So how about this? Kill, kill the live stream, if you would.